Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, the first Thursday in the month of March. Probably my favorite time of year because you got Kentucky Derby prep races in full force. You got spring training in full bloom. You got opening day in baseball right around the corner. A lot of excitement as spring changes the season into a more sunny outlook. My sports life gets a little bit more sunny as well. Obviously, we've got the combine going on right now. Let's start with a little derby news. Bob Baffert has been denied the opportunity to participate in this year's Kentucky Derby. He will be able to contest the Preakness followed by the Belmont Stakes. So this is purely a Kentucky jurisdictional decision. So he's going to have to hand the baton off to uh, other trainers. Uh, Tim Yachtin has been the guy over the last uh, period of time here that's dealt with the Baffert runners, a previous disciple of his. Pop, what's your thought about Bob Baffert being denied the opportunity to run a Kentucky Derby? Is this just giving everybody else a chance for a couple of years? Is that what what they're doing? Uh, Or is this, you know, one of those things where they're just pouncing on the guy with the biggest visibility to swing their you-know-what's around? Let's just go ahead and just just go ahead and talk about the elephant that's been in the room for the last I don't know hundred years. West Coast bias, baby. That's all it is, Mike. At the end of the day, why don't why are we not questioning Brad Cox? Hmm. Why are we not? Well, Chad Brown, you know, Chad, he his situation is a little different. You know, what I mean, I, we don't need to get into that. But um, think about it, Steve Asmussen. You know, um. I'm, I'm Baffert's not the only trainer with like 30 great horses in the barn. All right. Baffert just wins so good and so well that they can't stand it. But we know that the whole game needs a fix. If they was really to go out and go have a manhunt on literally 80% of the game would be on the sideline, Mike. You know what I mean? And I, and you know, what I, you know, I deal with, the track stuff all the time, but I'm never going to put it all out there, but you know what time it is. It's a money game, Mike. And when you play in a money game, you got to have, you always got to try to have some type of competitive advantage in this money game. You know what I mean? It's not like regular sports. This is all based on money, Mike. Right. It's always about a prize at the end of the day. So why do we care so much about, this little part right here. Like, my thing is like this. Okay. They cleaned it up. They did everything that they had to do to clean up all this stuff. And you found a little bit of something. And this isn't even le- illegal in California. So you can't hold it against them. What you're doing is, is you're just being, you're just mad because it's not one of your guys that keeps winning. Bob Baffert has dominated the greatest uh, course of them all. The California course, and that's really what pisses you off because you don't want no California horses coming through and just keep whooping your butt. You know what I mean? You just want them to fill your uh, race card out on Kentucky Derby Day. 
But California just has been so good at whooping their butt for the last 20 years. They just can't get over that fact. You know what I mean? Right. You know, we got the best weather. We got the best breeding. And we got the best farms for these horses. You know, and we got people that really, really love these horses. In Kentucky, they those horses are literally just livestock. Though they they they're they're very interchangeable. You know what I mean? All they're worried about is, you know, moving this horse to this next place right here, moving this horse to this next place right here. At least in California, they have a great aftercare program. Horses who are geldings, they get to go get jobs up at um they go get to get jobs up at um Griffith Park. And, you know, uh, are over at Santa Anita. And then if you're a horse that's a, stu- a stallion stud, something of that nature, then you, you get to go to Harris Farms. So, you know, and you get to live a beautiful life. But, you know, this thing with Kentucky, they always got their horses running around and being everywhere after retirement and just everywhere, you know. And I think that it's just, uh, it's just, they you know, Bob is Bob, man. He's the white wizard. And a lot of people just can't get over the fact that he beat up all those great trainers that were were their favorites. He he literally put them out of business. And so it is what it is at the end of the day. It's an ugly game. And it is and you know what? Baffert is just victim of circumstance. So he's been the example that they've preyed on because he's got the visibility, you know, the white haired or silver haired wizard the guy who's won the highest visibility race that America has to offer, not necessarily the biggest purse money, but definitely the most prestigious, the one that resonates with society. It's the Kentucky Derby. There's nobody in America that doesn't know it. And in terms of the global scene, the Kentucky Derby carries enough weight that you got shooters coming in from Japan and Dubai and UK and so on and so forth. On the flip side, what is the end goal? Is it really to clean up the game? Well, then what are you doing to clean up the game? Why isn't there a streamlined process? Why isn't there consistency from one jurisdiction to another jurisdiction? That's the one thing that I've never understood, Pop. Why is something okay for a horse to do in California, but not to do in Kentucky? And that's what got Baffert in trouble. He did something in California that wasn't allowed in Kentucky. So what he did was legal. That's why he could run over here. But it wasn't legal over there. That's why I can't run over there. It just doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, Pop. That's the thing that gets me. And I don't think that that issue is ever going to be fixed unless you have one centralized body. Kind of like the Olympics have that doping agency or whatever, IOC committee, that regulates that stuff. And then they apply the rules even-handedly to all the Olympians. It doesn't matter if you're from Lebanon or if you're from South Korea or... Russia, you're all going to be subject to the exact same rules. That's the one thing that is amiss with horse racing. I don't think it ever gets fixed unless that issue becomes paramount enough that they'll give up control. Control is always going to be at issue. It's always money, power. Power is control. And so that's kind of the, uh, the end game here. You know, do you think Churchill Downs Inc. wants to give up, relinquish their power? Or the folks that run Belmont, Naira, right? I mean, uh, or or even, you know, the, the, the group, Santa, Strana Group with Santa Anita and 
Gulfstream and Laurel and Golden Gate? Do you think they want to give up control? What about the uh, what about the boards, the state boards? Do they want to give up control? That's what this is about, man. It's a it's a control struggle, pop. And unless they put horse racing as a bigger priority than themselves, than their own egos, then you're going to always have these kind of problems and horse racing is going to be meddling around with the other thans, you know, not with the main sports. It hasn't been a main sport in a long time and it looks like they're okay with keeping it down at the bottom. That's kind of the, the way I see it, Pop. Well, you know what happens, man. They're trying to eliminate horse racing just like they try trying to eliminate every racetrack in America. You see all the land that a horse racetrack is on, Mike? You know what I mean? And just think about that. People need homes. And who wants to keep watching the pony run around a uh, circle? You know what I mean? But that's a bunch of BS because – not what you're saying, because what you're saying is what they're saying. But what they're saying is BS because, man, do you know how much empty land we have in the state of California or in Nevada or mm-hmm. in Arizona? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could fit like a, a billion people between those three states, a billion additional people. There is so much vast, empty land. You, you driven from L.A. to San Francisco on the I-5? Mm-hmm. The whole thing's empty. Was nothing, so I don't buy this. Like now, what it is is premium land, Golden Gate, right That's on the water, saying. right, right on the water, Golden Gate. You could see San Francisco, you could see the Bay Bridge, you could see the Golden Gate Bridge, you could see Berkeley. It is in a perfect prime location for a nice condo development that only rich people could afford. That's what they would do with it. Uh, it's what they did with Bay Meadows. I love Bay Meadows. Bay Meadows was uh, like 12 miles south of SFO. It was on the other side of the Dumbarton Bridge, close to Stanford and Palo Alto, right at the you know early uh, depths of the bay. Santa Anita, beautiful backdrop, St. Gabriel Mountains. That's your hood. Yeah, man. I mean, there's plenty of places that they could build. Not plenty of places that would fetch that kind of money, though. But, you know, there's still a lot of empty land in San Bernardino and Riverside counties and, you know, all the way, you know, if you've driven to Vegas, that whole stretch between, you know, like uh, Victorville and Barstow is empty. There's a lot of land, man. Just not a lot of premium land that could bring in a few hundred, fetch you a few hundred million dollars. That's what's lacking. So that's uh, that's kind of my take on the whole thing, you know, um, but. That leaves us trying to figure out who the next big horse is going to be. You know, can Timmy Acteen basically carry the mantle and, and lead a horse to the finish line? Does Baffert have to be there present in order for them to do that? Only time will tell, right? What's your faith in Timmy Acteen? As long as Jimmy Barnes is around, we should be good. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Usually by now, I have like a couple of contenders that I feel are worthy of uh, Kentucky Derby, you know, consideration. I don't really have anybody yet. What do you think of him? Which one? I didn't hear you. Arabian Knight? Yeah, I mean, 
looked good. You know, it, what was it? A four horse field though. Right. But you know, Mike, we're at this point in time, we just going to play game. We just going to play names now. So you anything know? related to Baffert, we just go play names. You know what I mean? Like I used to do when I was a little kid, I like Arabian night. That's a cool name. Right. But now, yeah. now, but now are we making choices based on a, a default type of methodology? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, hey, it's it's kind of Baffert. It, you know, it's basically Baffert. Yeah, Arabian Night. Yeah, uh, American Pharaoh. Yeah, this is the best American Pharaoh. Oscar. Yeah, I'm going to take him. It's not necessarily because any horse has earned it necessarily. Whereas in the past years, if you recall, California Chrome looked really good, really dominant, and American Pharaoh looked dominant, and you know, so on and so forth. We could name a bunch of horses that looked really good during this time of year. Um, you know, Arabian Night beat three horses. Okay, great. They were all Baffert horses, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, they all ran exactly the way the trainer instructed them to run. And that race seemed to suit his running style more than the other Baffert horses. Maybe there's more to it, man. Maybe this is the Derby winner. I don't know. But all I'm saying is by this time of year, I don't know if I've identified the right one. So time will tell. We'll get more into it as the Derby preps get more hot and heavy. Another thing that people are looking to try to find the next one is the next quarterback. And that's what they're doing at the NFL Combine right now is they're looking for the next guy, the next quarterback that can lead them. I'm not so sure that this, this draft is going to yield that yet. But if you were a general manager, Pop, let's wear a general manager's hat for a quick moment here, okay? If you were a GM and you have an opportunity to draft your all-time quarterback list. So... If you were starting a team from scratch and then you get, you know, whatever, 22-year-old Joe Montana or 22-year-old Peyton Manning or 22-year-old Sammy Baugh or whomever, who would be your top five in your draft class starting from scratch? Now, mind you, I'm not saying who are the best five quarterbacks of all time because then you start looking more at, like, who's got the rings and Brady and all those things. I'm talking about even playing field, every team starts over who would you build your team around? Well, I know first and foremost, I would probably I would be going with Dan the Man Marino. Oh hell yeah, yeah, you know Dan the Man Marino, and you know what, Mike is gonna trip on me, and and this is gonna probably be everybody being like, oh pop, I don't know about that one, but I don't care because it's my guy, Bernie Kosar, and Bernie Bernie Kosar is my oh, really my all time favorite quarterback. Because there's a story, backstory behind it and all that good stuff. We can get into it on another show, another time. But Bernie Kosar is my guy forever, period, point blank. Okay? Because I was a lefty. He was a lefty. I used to want to be a quarterback. I throw the ball sidearm, all that stuff. I was emulating everything Bernie did, even the uh, even the knee limp, Mike. So, you know, I all that. And, you know, you don't even have a bad knee. You know, you just want to be like Bernie. So, Bernie, I got him up there. And, you, come on, you can't – cold as ice, ice in my veins, Joe Montana, literally the, the guy that uh, my child 
basically my whole childhood. You know how all these kids get so excited about Patrick Mahomes and all these guys. That was Joe Montana. You know what I mean? Because Joe Montana was magical. These guys aren't magical. Joe Montana was magical. Um, who else? I would say my man. I love his mind. And I love the way that he always was able to fit, find a way to to make things happen. And he was able to use his feet as well, too. Rich Gannon. Love Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was a good quarterback when he was in Minnesota. Minnesota was stupid. Kansas City was stupid. And the Raiders, it was almost like it was Al Davis was so happy when that man became a free agent. You know what I mean? Al Davis had been scouting him for five years before that. You know what I mean? Al Davis wanted Rich Gannon badly. So, you know, that's how great of a of a scout Al Davis was in his in his prime when he knew exactly where he was at. You know what I mean? Um and then I'm just gonna go ahead and end it with none other than the pride of Hamilton High himself, Mr. Warren Moon. He's and in my top five, ironically enough. And, and and by the way, listeners, we did not compare notes. Uh, we totally did this on the blind from one another. Uh, but mine starts and ends the exact same way as Pop. How about that for an oddity? My number one. You don't have crows, Cozart, though. I know you no, don't got my, No, the number one and the number five are the same. Dan Marino and Warren Moon definitely don't have Cozart. I don't even remember him being a lefty for some reason. I thought he was a right-handed side. I don't know. Guy. I, 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 I'm probably visualizing he's a lefty, but he probably wasn't. You know what I mean? But I know sidearm. Yeah, he was definitely the sidearm guy. Yeah. Um, but but I, like you, where you have some, you know, what most people would say are questionable guys in the middle. I, I do, too. Um, but you'll see a theme. I'm really big on passing quarterbacks. I'm not looking for game managers. I'm looking for true passing quarterbacks who could pass in the most challenging of rule settings. And I know that if they were playing today with these rules would be monsters, absolute monsters. And that's why you got to go with Dan Marino. He was the best passing quarterback of all time, right? He, He not just only set the records, he annihilated the records. I mean, he... He rewrote them. It would be like somebody without steroids or whatever hitting like 80 home runs where it's just not even close. 62? Forget about that. I'm going to get to 80. That's what he was doing when he had 48 touchdown passes. The record was like 35 or 36. So he had 11 more TDs, you know, in a 16-game season. That's a monster, monster differential. Same thing, 5,000 yards passing. That was unheard of. Man, you're a pro bowler if you got to 3,000 yards. Marino was getting to 5,000 yards. He's definitely my number one without even hesitation. I'm actually going to go with another passing quarterback who had a short prime, but it was good enough to get him into the Hall of Fame, and that's Kurt Warner. I think the guy was absolutely fantastic. He was a late bloomer, uh, but he was just a great, great passer in – he elevated that team to be the greatest show on turf. I don't think you get that title unless you're legit. Uh, I then I, I go to two 49ers, actually. I'll go with Montana and Young as my next two draft picks. Very different quarterbacking styles, but both were winners. Both are great passers. Both can escape. 
you know, Montana wasn't like fast, but he was fleet footed. And that's the one thing that's underrated about Marino, by the way, he didn't get sacked at all. People call it the quick release, which is true, but he had pocket presence like no other man. He knew exactly how much time he had. He could, he had like eyeballs behind his head. He could see when somebody was coming after him. That's what made it so hard for Bruce Smith to, to sack him. And that was a really fun rivalry, by the way. You know, uh, Young, though, had this capability. You know, uh, Young and Cunningham were kind of like the escapability guys, you know, in the in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, before them, it was Fran Tarkenton in the 70s. But these guys did it more consistently with better passing, more consistent passing, and, and not a lot of INTs. So, you know, if I had a, a seventh or eighth pick, I'd maybe even bring Cunningham in because – I like him because he also reinvented himself later in his career when he wasn't as fast. He really, really perfected his passing with the Vikings. He was dynamite. Um, but let's take a quick commercial timeout, Pop. We'll resume the conversation. It's always fun to kind of go back and look at those conversations and 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 and, and have Barbershop talk about it. I don't think that this year's draft is going to yield us any of those top five quality guys that of your list or my list i don't think we're going to find the next gannon or moon or definitely not marino but stay with us we'll come back we'll talk a little bit more barber shop convo about the best of all time stay with us everyone follow us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Mike Abadir Show.com. 
Now, back to this week's program. Back on the other side of the break here. You know, during the commercial, we were actually talking about something that uh, we should probably just talk about on the air because it's kind of an interesting conversation. I don't think that we have necessarily that many Kansas City Royals fans that listen to the show. But there are a lot of fantasy baseball players. There's a lot of prognosticators. There's daily fantasy, all those kind of things that can intertwine the Kansas City Royals. And that pops of the mindset that this team is uh, going to once again be a flailing ball club. And I, I think statistically that probably is, supports what Pop is saying. But I, I, I don't know if they're going to be as most people think, as bad as most people think. I, I think, I, I don't know, maybe I got this false optimism, Pop, but I'm looking at this rotation of Brady Singer and Zach Greinke at the top, Jordan Lyles, Ryan Yarbrough, and Brad Keller rounding out the top five in the rotation. It, it ain't great, but it isn't a disaster. Then I look at Salvador Perez, probably the best power-hitting catcher in the league, and then some pretty interesting prospects. Vinny Pescantino and MJ Melendez are super interesting prospects that can rake. And Melendez can help behind the dish as well. They got my man, Fran Mail Reyes, the biggest guy in the game. And then the dynamite rookie last year, Bobby Witt Jr. He was like a he's gonna be like a 40-40 guy. Uh, yeah, they got some gaps in between, Pop. But what what say you? you? You're talking about high strikeout team, and you're probably right. I just don't see anything that just is that. I'm just not saying they're not going to be like some show potential. I just don't think that they're going to be like a team that's going to be competitive at all this season. Um, I just really feel like there's really nothing there. You know, what I mean, after you, your first four batters that you have up there. You really don't have much. And I think that they're a team that's in development right now, but I, I really do like Bobby Wood Jr., though. I think Bobby Wood Jr. is a guy that possibly, you know, if you were smart, the Dodgers, you might have gave up some things for him. But you might be able to give up some things for him at the trade deadline because you have to understand the Royals are in a business where they'll get rid of these guys whenever. They're not going to wait for them to be, you know, 25, 26, 27, and then, you know, be scared to pay them $100 million. They'll get rid of them right away so they can get five uh, prospects. You know what I mean? Because their team is not built – they're not worried about winning anything anytime soon. That's the thing. They want to figure out a way to where you can have the cheapest team possible by having all your your players that – all your top players from the minor leagues field your actual baseball team. So – I know what they're doing is they're just baiting their time right now. And I think a lot of teams are going to start taking the blueprint of the Houston Astros, teams that don't want to spend a lot of money on their um, rosters, you know what I mean, and try to develop players and just try to get the right group like they did uh, almost a decade ago when they won a World Series. So, you know, Sal Perez is the staple of the team pretty much. And then after that, you got Zach Grinke as uh, a good old-timer, you know, a guy who started his career with uh, Kansas City, and he did the right thing and finished his career with Kansas City because of love he gets in Kansas City. So, you know, um, it is what it is at the end of the day. Royals, cool jersey, cool hat, cool logo, but they're going to be a bad team, Mike. 
I do wonder about their pieces, uh, and I'm not analogizing, but I wonder what they're thinking. Do you think that they think that this could be like the mid-2010s when they won the World Series and they had like Hosmer and all those guys? Do you think that's what they're kind of envisioning with this core? Or is this core just a notch or two below? Because I think Vinny Pescantino can be a 30-home run guy. Same with MJ Melendez. But you made a great point during the break, which is these guys strike out a lot. So they're going to need a, a true table setter because, yeah, they, I mean, even Bobby Witt, who he had 20 home runs and 30 steals last year. But if he wasn't getting a hit, he wasn't getting on base. He only had 30 walks. He had 135 Ks, uh, you know, so he's kind of a strikeout machine and so are all those other guys. They're going to need a table setter. I don't think that Hunter Dozier is that guy. Um, or Neil Eaton, um, you know. But uh, as, I, as I watch this uh, game right now between the Twins and the uh, Tampa Rays on TV on MLB Network right now, uh, I'm seeing that hitting has received an uptick because the shift is gone. Have you noticed that yet? It looks like batting averages through this same time of year in spring training last same number of games, excuse me, through spring training last year versus this year, the batting average has gone from 256 to 272 league-wide. I think that's pretty telling. What, what do you think, Pop? I think that we'll possibly we, – I would love to see 300 hitters in baseball again because there's, like, no problem with it. It's, it we're, we're at a bad point when we – when the best guy is 289. No, 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 no. 289 used to be, like, good, but that just keeps you on the, ro- the everyday roster. You know what I mean? Um, man, I remember I you could look up, and the best teams in baseball had four guys that were hitting over 300. No, easily. And that was, like, minimum. You know what I mean? I remember the year the Braves were – one of the better teams in baseball when they won the world series, I think they had maybe six that were over 300. So, you know, it's going to be great to get these silly shifts out of here. You know what I mean? Cause these shifts were what was killing the game. In my opinion, I think that we go back to the old natural order. Then, you know, we'll have, we might have triple plays again, right? You know what I mean? And, uh, things that get all of us really excited, you know? So, I look very forward to a very good season. I know there's a lot of – we got the time clock coming in as well, too. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then we got – What do you think about that so far? um, They had a little bit of fun the other day with the time clock where the guy wasn't paying attention to the pitcher, so they went ahead and called him out. I think that's right on the money. Stop wasting time. Do you like a game ending with with a strikeout? No. Not at all, but it just it goes to show you that, um, you know, we got rules and we're going to follow the rules. We're not going to bend the rules for you. So make sure that you follow the rules. That's what that's why baseball. I love me some baseball because baseball never bends its rules. You know, what I mean, only rule they're kind of bending now is having casinos outside of the stadium. But other than that, you know, pretty much I know that they're saying that they're not involved. They're not in partnership with those casinos either. They're just a casino outside of the stadium. You know what I mean? But 
not you know, but a sports book. I still think that's a conflict of interest, though, because I say, because you look at it, you say to yourself, "Golly, you guys uh, won't let Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame for betting, and then you're going to let them put a sports book at uh, the Great American Ballpark." Like, what kind of sense does that make? You know, so um, I just truly feel that baseball is adjusted the rules because they keep saying a young audience. No, it's not about a young audience. Really, they're talking to guys my age, guys your age. We They want to keep us interested because they are losing us, in a sense, because you got all these guys who are so into football and fantasy football, and then, you know, throw a little basketball in there, they throw a little MMA in there, and then baseball gets really pushed further and further back. And baseball needs to be pushed further and further up. You know what I mean? It's the only thing that is still pure that we have in sports. It truly is. And I know a lot of people were, you know, uh, pounding their fists like, man, I don't want the, the, these rule changes. But, no, you need these these rule changes. So you, you do need to speed the game up a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't think that we need to keep doing the uh, – Guy on second base in the extra extra innings. I don't like giving somebody that advantage. You, ha- I want them to still earn the right of that run. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't like that rule, but I know they want to get these games speedy, get them going. But I think you can mix that now since you have a time clock. But it's one thing that you know I always tell people about baseball. I said baseball has no time clock to it, meaning that you can play as long as you want to. Having a time clock is not going to stop a guy from fouling off 12 balls, Mike. Jeff Passan of ESPN retweeted a tweet that was sent out by John Boy Media a a few hours ago, and it showed Wandy Peralta, one of the Yankees relievers, he struck out a Pirates hitter. You want to take a guess how long it took to strike him out? I won't. I mean, usually, you know, you, you, you make a pitch. Even if it's three straight strikes, you know, the guy gets, steps out of the batter's box and he fools around with his gloves and taps his toes and taps his bat and looks for a sign and comes back in. And by the time you do that three three times, you know, it's going to take like a minute, minute and a half or whatever. And that's if there's no foul balls or anything like that. Wandy Peralta struck this dude out. Beginning to end in 20 seconds. That's nuts. I've never seen it. I had to watch it for myself to see if that's an exaggeration. And I I watched. I was like, wow, that is crazy fast. It almost seemed too fast, to be honest with you. Now, I don't think all the pitchers are going to be able to work that efficiently. But I don't know about you, man. Here's the thing. If you love baseball, you love it. If it's a sport that bores you, it bores you. I don't know of any true baseball fan that's ever said, you know what, man? This game has now gone gone on for three hours and 34 minutes. I wish it was gone going on for two, min- two hours and 50 minutes. I wish it was under three hours. Then I'd really love baseball. But since it's more than three hours, I don't love baseball. You ever heard anybody say that? Nope. I never have. I never have heard anybody saying, yeah. You know, these Yankees, Red Sox, 7-7 going to extra innings, it's just too long, man. I'm done with this. Nope. Never heard that either. 
that's the one thing that I don't understand about this, why they make such a big deal about it. I would also think that sponsors want the games to go on a little bit longer too. What's wrong with that? Right? I want to get in a bunch of commercials as much as possible. But obviously they're looking at some kind of metrics, which is telling them that, you know, the human or the average American lifespan, you know, has the attention, not lifespan, attention span, you know, can only be captivated for so long before they change the channel. I have to assume that that's what it is. You're right. I mean, they even they even cut short like the play clock at football a long time ago or the shot clock at basketball. You know, they keep trying to shorten these things to keep these games moving. You know, um, at what point is it a little bit too much? I think that's a big question mark, you know? So you're not down, bottom line. What do you mean? Hello? Yeah, I'm with you. I had it on mute for a second there. Oh, okay. Well, I just saw what you you were talking about, Mike, and um, that was incredible. And I think that's it's, it's so good for everybody. It's good for the hitter. It's good for the pitcher. And we can just get this thing down the road. And I think that we'll have some more high-scoring games this year. But I think we'll have high-scoring games going on both sides. This is the, this is a new strategy, and that's awesome. Now the thinking man's game has to think some more, and that's what's going to make baseball absolutely epic within the next decade, Mike. I I, I guarantee it, brother. So you because, do like speeding it up? Yeah, I, I, I or do. shortening the game. I know the games are still going to go over three hours. Because, Mike, you're not going to stop a 45-minute inning when a team scores nine runs. Think about it. How are you going to stop that situation? Yeah, all the pitching changes and all that kind of stuff. All you do is skip the guy messing with his crotch for the for 45 seconds. And using the, um, the, the, the big bag to throw on his arm to put some more uh, powder on his arm. It, it, you know... He, it it, it 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 skips out all the the BS that baseball has in 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 play. You know what I mean? The the batter going out the batter's box and doing a quick check swing and you know, come on, man. You know what I mean? People get look. I had I remember there was a game one time. A guy came out the batter's box four times. Mike, I didn't I didn't come to the game to watch that. Get your butt in there and bat. Right, you know, what I mean? it's that simple. So the clock ensures that you're gonna get in there and not waste everybody's time. It's not about shortening the game; it's about stop wasting time. You know, let's play the game. All this other extra stuff, but see, I know what 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 the baseball peers get mad about. It messes. It really messes up the part where you can play the mental game with somebody. You know what I mean? Guy throws a pitch, you look back at him, stare him down. You know, you guys kind of meme mug, you know, do all that stuff. Bravado, posture, all, all that great stuff. And then, boom, the big hit happens or the big strikeout happens. That element is gone. There is going to be no more, but it's what do we mean is gone? Let's watch some games and see how it goes. I think that it's only going to take uh, three, or, two or three days for us to not even worry about a, a clock being there. And yeah, now, well, you got to look at what led to all this too, right? It, it, this managers like like Tony Larusa as an example, 
you know, making like five pitching changes within an inning, you know, that type of thing. Right. Right. It's all strategy, man. And, you know, I, I just think that they're trying to make sure that, you know, we still got strategy, but let's get on. Let's let's get on with it. Let's not play. Let's not waste the fans time. Let's you can see you. They'll be over there j- jacking and John and doing all that other stuff. And then you'll miss so much of the game. Like, truly, you will. Yeah, you know I mean, because I've been at baseball games before and looked up. We got their first inning. I saw the first first inning go 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 out. Then you look around and you you're watching bits and parts of the game, and then they keep stopping and start and stopping and start. Next thing you know, it's the fifth inning, and nothing's happening. You know what I mean? And it's been funny. I remember it was a Diamondbacks Dodgers game one time. And literally, it was just a snooze fest because it was a one-zero game. Those are, and it was a one, and it didn't become one-zero until late, Mike. And it was funny because it was a, it was a, a what I like to call a Dodger save, a skinny home run to the, uh, to the right field uh, fence. You know what I mean? Where they hit the ball and it looks like it's gonna go foul, but all of a sudden it stays in and it's a, a home run. You know what I mean? Is right at that line. You've seen that before, right? Oh yeah. At, oh yeah, absolutely. At the first baseline, and you know it's opposite. It's the opposite uh, outfielder on the other side. So when you see what it knows, it's like, damn, go foul. And absolutely. Just- well, before we run afoul of our of our time clock here, let's take our final commercial timeout. We'll come back and we'll talk more about staying within the parameters of the time and what that means for the game. We'll talk a little bit of LeBron James and the Lakers as well. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com 
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for an abbreviated, shortened final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show with my man Pop Tibiasi. And as we get closer and closer to the regular season in MLB, you're going to want to hook up with Pop DiBiase, get his insights on these games. I would say that baseball is probably one of your top-tier predictive sports because of the way that you analyze things. Uh, And if you like to make plays, first four-and-a-half, last four-and-a-half, over-unders, run totals, all that good stuff, Pop's got it. Why don't you give us a quick rundown, Pop, as to how we can find and locate you as we get closer to spring training or maybe get in on some March Madness action a little bit later on this month. Um, you guys can you guys can hit me up on the Twitter and you guys can go to the Twitter and you guys can um get the you guys can get me on at Pop DBIZ. Sorry, man. It's been I bet I had my show not too long ago. I put a lot of energy into it. And um you guys can also hit me up on Prime Wave Media at Yahoo.com to ask some questions and possibly sign up. My website has been down for some time. I'm still work I'm still got some ideas working out together and everything like that. And I just didn't want to just be paying for something that, you know, that I don't feel is ready to, you know, be where it's at anymore, but I did have a website for a while, but we'll be bringing that back in a bit as well too. And also you guys can catch my new Friday show. It's about an hour and I just go into a lot of just different talk and everything like that. And just, I'm just talking to a new audience as well too. Um, You guys can catch all in on the no filter network as well. And um, it was funny, Mike, we had a guy, who actually, because they have a chat situation that's going on with it as well, too, as you're doing the show, as you're doing the show. And I was with Burnsy and Henry and Eric Burns, former uh, Oakland A and Arizona Diamondback. Um, I was doing a show with them at Radio Row, and we had a guy that actually listens to the Mike Abadir show. It was like, hey, I know Pop DiBiase. Hey, that's him. He's like, he's like, I love your stuff on Mike Abadir's show. And I said, oh, my God. somebody! I said, somebody out of nowhere. Because I, I know we have listeners, Mike. But I was like, I've never heard somebody say, hey, out of just somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, catch you on the street kind of thing. Yeah, like, wow. Like, the Mike Abadir show, as soon as they heard Pop DiBiase, it got a little excited. So I was like, wow, thanks, Mike, for giving me some more audience. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, Twitter, I got a lot of followers and things like that. But. You know, it's always good to expand the 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 you know the the platform. So I I thank you, Mike, for having me on the show with you um, weekly now, and you know that's that's awesome because then it just fits into my whole uh, multiple shows a day keeps me busy. Absolutely, man. Well, it's my pleasure having you on, and you know I've I've received a lot of uh, you know criticism, and I think it's very fair. Um, that we haven't yet addressed the billing of the show and still include uh, Gino and some of the materials and stuff like that. We will be addressing that, and we're going to relaunch. We're going to make it like a 
a, a new show, let's just call it, uh, rebranded better than ever, bigger, badder, better, all those adjectives you could think of, um, and uh, and do a, do a relaunch with Pop DiBiase getting the billing in there because uh, it's only fair, and uh, the other one's outdated, let's be honest, but you know how it goes, man. COVID threw a lot of things off, but we're going to get back on track. We can't use that as an excuse forever. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back on it, get back on track. I haven't been as active on Twitter either. I had never missed a single show link on Twitter uh, until this recent time period. And, and there is a reason for that. And I'll, I'll let everybody know. Twitter changed the algorithms around. And I would ask people if they're seeing my tweets and nobody was seeing them anymore. And I've come to the conclusion that uh, Elon Musk is a businessman. He's a guy I have great respect for, I have great admiration for. And I think he did the world a great service by buying Twitter and allowing people to speak freely and express themselves freely without being worried about getting, you know, banned for the littlest of reasons, just because the power ups have a disagreement with what you're saying according to whose standard i don't know and i think he put an end to that but i also think that his algorithms work a little bit better when you're a uh, paying member it's only like seven eight bucks a month or something like that and a lot of people have refused to do it um, and that's fine that's their choice to do it but i've noticed that if you do pay your visibility to reach is enormous and so I think that's what happened. It pushed me down the line. So anyways, I don't want to be redundant, talk about this forever. You guys will see a new show billing, better than ever tweets. You're going to be able to see my tweets. We're going to include Pop DiBiase, and we're going to try to give you something bigger and better than ever before. So appreciate the loyalty. Hang with us. And I love that story from Pop. Anytime you figure out that we are who we are on the streets or at a game or wherever, definitely come by and say hello. Absolutely love that. That's I'm glad you shared that, Pop. Um, we got a, only a, a few moments here left. Uh, LeBron James, what's the deal? Is he out for about three weeks? And, and are the Lakers toast? The Lakers are fine. You saw you need to. Uh, the game last night showed me that the Lakers will be a okay. They need to. They need this time without LeBron. They need to let AD become a leader, become a man. You know what I mean? And I think that the Lakers, with the ten home games that they have this month, it will be make it a little bit easier on them. You know what I mean? And I think with the way that. The guys played last night with knowing that the pressure was on and they didn't have any of their stars. It was beautiful to watch, Mike. It really was, man. It really was because you saw absolute team basketball. And I think that what they're doing is they're going to sharpen themselves up to the point to where when LeBron's ready to come back in the next three weeks, he should be able to just plug in and get on, get on with doing LeBron stuff. But I totally think that this is what's going to happen. Everything is based on the Lakers' run throughout the month of uh, March. Well, LeBron's not coming back till April. Let's just go ahead and put that into fact. Uh, in April, the Lakers have five games left. So the Lakers have pretty much 15 games this month, right? Well, 19 now. 
So the Lakers have to be in position or in playoff position or close to being in the playoffs for LeBron to return for the rest of the year. Because if they're not, if they are out of, if they ran out of this situation, LeBron's season's over. Pretty much. It's over. But I think that LeBron motivated the whole team by finishing that game Sunday and then being so frustrated with being hurt the next day because he he knows that we're, we're now finally got a flow. It's no more BS. And so pretty much right now, it's on AD. It's that simple. It's on AD. But I think that Dennis Schroeder is a guy that is ready to prove a lot of people wrong, and I think that he's ready to lead the Lakers into the right direction. And I think that he'll be able to get us to where we need to be while we're waiting on LeBron to be back, to help AD as well, too. And D'Lo will be back soon as well. Well, right now there is an absolute logjam. You know, Utah or Minnesota or Dallas, I keep looking at the standings, Dallas is seven seed at 12 games out. Minnesota, eighth seed, 12 and a half games out. Utah, ninth seed, 13 games out. New Orleans, 10th seed, 13 games out. Lakers, 11th seed, 14 games out. Portland, 12th seed, 14 and a half. OKC, 13th seed, 15 and a half. We're talking within a few games, you've got a lot of seedings up for grabs. Lakers right now three games under 500. I mean, I think they're going to at least have to play 500 until LeBron comes back. But if they really want to put themselves in a good position, um, they probably need to win like what, uh, you know, at least go three and two in those five games without him. I think that's a fair assessment. That would still keep them under 500 for the season. But, um, hey, man, you've got some faith in your team. I got to admire that. I don't know if I've got the same faith. Um and it's not because I think that there's any one of those teams that I mentioned that's so superior that's going to go on a run, but I think it's because law of averages. I think it's it stacks up against them. There's a lot of teams you got to leapfrog uh, and hope to lose, but you can do that when you're only a game out of a playoff spot. So I'll give you that pop. Something to follow. Something to monitor. We'll we'll check in on that as the weeks go by. But, Pop, we're pretty much at the end of the road here. I want to thank you for joining, as always. I want to thank Voice America, my man Josh, everybody involved. And, Pop, I'm going to try to convince you to do some fantasy baseball with us this year. You're already the champ in football. Come on, man. Come over to the dark side. Let's play some fantasy baseball. Anybody out there that's listening, we've got an open spot. First person to hit me up wanting to play is in pop thanks buddy hey you got it mike love it thank you sir absolutely and most importantly thanks to the listeners we always appreciate your listenership we will see you the same time same place next week enjoy your sports weekend everyone Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.